This is Paul Bettner, creator of New Super Lucky's Tale, and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 165 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, February 18th, 2023. I am your host, Luke Lore, the insipid ghost, joined by my co-host, the intrepid Captain Logan. And in this episode, we discuss Game Pass cannibalizing sales, the possibility of Xbox in VR, and the Sea of Thieves Halo crossover that got me back in. As always, we hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, I must know, my friend, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. This is it's it's a lighter week in news, mm-hmm. but we got some really great questions that are are kind of like filling in the void. So I'm I'm looking forward to diving into to listeners' questions and their thoughts and speculations. What kind of weird things they come up with in the middle of the night that they have to type to you and be like, Luke, I gotta know. And and Dot Oxtra got us on this one this week. I like it. Yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that was a fun one. That was a fun one. But yeah, it was a lighter week of news. I guess they had such a busy January and start of February. Uh, game launches, multiple game launches, Hi-Fi Rush, Age of Empires. Uh, they had their developer direct. Uh, and then it was time for Nintendo's direct, PlayStation's launch of PSVR, uh, and a few other games that are coming out in the third-party space. It was time to just take a breath and relax a little bit on the Xbox side. And I'm glad they did. I'm really glad they did. I'm equally glad people showed up with some amazing questions to give us some good talking points. Um, but it was, it was, I think nice to have a nice slowdown after a really good start to the year, at least for me. Yeah. It, well, it gave me an opportunity to actually play games this week. Like I wasn't just scrubbing through news articles and, and looking up Twitter posts and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, oh, you know what? There wasn't, I kind of know what's going on. There wasn't a whole lot, so I think I'm good. I'm actually going to boot up a system and play some games. Oh, you're lucky. I didn't get to play nearly as many games this week as I wanted to. Um, and, well, not in a bad way. Well, yeah, yeah, in a bad way. But, like, <laughs> I was just too tired, and I found myself, and we'll talk about it when we get to kind of our what we've been playing section, but there was a moment where I was like, do I even want to play anything mm. right now? Because if I get in, I'll be up too late, and I'll stay up, and that kind of thing. Uh, it was just one of those one of those interesting conundrums that I think we face as gamers sometimes. But yeah. uh, I also had a little bit of game paralysis when we there are so many things that have come out that I mm. want to put time in that I was just like, oh, it's tough, especially like as Xbox gamers. I find that we tend to 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 kind of like go towards the games where we're going to be playing with our friends. Mm-hmm. And there's been some really good like single player games that have recently come out. So I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, you know, I really I'd love to sit down and jam with some friends, but I, I really want to get like this story done. I really want to get this game kind of knocked out before the next big one happens. Cause I know like there's some big games coming and if I don't work on them now, when am I going to work on them? Right. Right. We are on the eve of atomic heart. I want to play that game. Yeah. Uh, Wild hearts came out. Uh, that's not one that I'm, uh, we didn't, we didn't land a code for that one that I know of. At least I checked my inbox and like, even if we had, I don't know that I would have even had time to touch it because mm-hmm. yeah. my time, my focus is on Hogwarts and I do want to play Atomic Heart. 
Um, and so it's been a nice, a really nice change of pace, single player games. I love single player games. I want more single player games to show up. Um, yeah. I don't like when it's f- multiplayer is forced in. Thank God mm-hmm. the Knights. I don't like when that happens, but I do like when games are predisposed. Like, like, like you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, you know, like Sea of Thieves. What they're going for. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So um, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. And uh, I, I like the the releases that are happening for a couple different reasons. And we'll talk about those. But good, mm-hmm. sir. Uh, and I think I'm going to steal this title from the trophy room, which we're not even a good show. That's not, that's not true. Not even oh. a good host. Kyle's amazing. But but Joseph yeah. Moran, ugly. Oh, my God. Th- they have their Patreon pitch section and they talk about their amazing patrons. And I think I like the, the term Patreon pitch. Is that a is that a, a something that they came up with? Because if it is. I don't ever yeah. want to acknowledge it again. Joe's Joe's not smart enough for that kind of thing. Let's be let's be honest. He he All probably right. stole it from somewhere else too. You're probably right, honestly. Um, in the new Patreon members, I actually took one out. Joe's mom specifically requested that I not mention her on the show. That's fair. Um, she offered to support us in several ways, and I said, "Babe, you're doing you're already doing too much," and so I backed off of, of that one. I took that one out, but. Captain Logan, we must give shout outs to our tier two and three Patreon members, some incredible people. Uh, would you like to read these? I feel like you nailed the voice sure. last week. Would you like to read these? Because they are. Yeah, they are. Please note, by the way, before you read them, uh, James Suddy, uh, mm-hmm. the Lord Sir Master. We must get all of those titles in there. He was unhappy with just being the Lord. So if you could just make sure we land all those in, it would be great. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So first off, thanks, patrons. I, we definitely love you, and we definitely appreciate your your support and your friendship. Uh, with that, here are the names. Matt, without fear. The Lord Sir, Master, James Suddy. Brendan Myers, a.k.a. The Winter Gamer. Sony's VP of Marketing, Kevin Butler. Clint Combs, DJ Hero, Dano12. Thank you all so much for your support, and as we go into the future... If you guys would love to support us, if you would love to uh, uh, give some money to help Luke get out of his his mom's basement uh, into <laughs> Joe's mom's apartment, um, it would really be great if you could consider tossing us a few bucks. It, it does help him. I'm not taking anything from this. I want him to be able to get the gear and to be able to get the software and the tools that he needs to continue to make XCP progress, grow, and just turn into an amazing show because I know he has the capacity and I know he just needs the the support. Uh, we will also note, Logan, thank you for the kind words, sir. Uh, yeah. We will also note that we just opened up the XEP Discord channel. Right yeah. now it's Patreon members only. We'll keep it that way for a good while uh, and then probably open it up down the line, which I know I, I'm happy uh, saying that. I just want to make sure we give... Uh, do attention to those amazing people but community play dates we'll drop the occasional game code in there i think we're playing ghostbusters tomorrow at the time we're recording this is that right yeah yeah i got cj he he and i are uh, ever since you helped get that that ghostbusters code where i was like we dude we got to play some ghostbusters awesome awesome super stoked for that one but yeah community play dates chatting about general games in general uh games in general general uh i would love for you guys to join our patreon jump into that discord channel and hang out with us that would mean the absolute world uh but logan i gotta know who's made your gaming week better sir that is it's honestly it's actually been you because of of the code that you were able to help get with the ghostbusters i was not expecting to get it i i'd been wanting to play the ghostbusters game in a long time 
um, I reached out to CJ who ha- had it before and I knew cause he loves, he loves those kind of, uh, uh, uh like, like asymmetrical multiplayer games. You know, he's been playing, you know, Friday, Friday, the 13th, evil dead, uh, predator, stuff like that for a long time. So when Ghostbusters came out Nilphonic has done a fantastic job of that. I went and got all the drops from Twitch. And then mm-hmm. I set up a date with him knowing that uh, you said you'd be up to play. So if it wasn't mm-hmm. for you, I wouldn't be able to get a chance to jump in and play with CJ from the Player One podcast tomorrow. Love CJ. Love yeah. CJ. Well, you're welcome, of course, but but love CJ. Amazing uh, human being there. Uh, one of my role models in podcasting. Uh, yeah, for sure. For absolute yeah, sure. Guy. And love Player One as well. Shout out to that podcast. They are great. Polar, uh, polar opposite of, of uh, Joe from playstation oh yeah Yeah. easily easily like one's amazing and the other mm. (laughs) the less said the better i suppose uh i want to give words of kindness to uh community member uh tko asante he is a fantastic content creator uh has his own show uh but he was showing me a lot of love in dms this week let me know kind of what some of the some of the gaming stuff that's been on his mind uh checking out the wanted dead interview and promoting that which was really cool um wanted dead a divisive game i was surprised to watch that if anybody hasn't caught the interview over on uh the xcp youtube channel there's a playlist there or uh it it shows up on your audio feeds kind of as a standard episode but uh, a divisive game i was very surprised uh to see that it's very much a game ass game uh third person action game i've really enjoyed my time with it but i enjoy those kind of 360 era feeling games uh, and I saw people giving it sevens and eights and I saw IGN, uh, giving it, I think a three or a four, it a um, four. it was a four and they'd had a great preview with it too, which was interesting. Um, very divisive. And I, I enjoyed a lot of the discourse. I was disappointed by some of the behavior, um, on, on both sides of, of, I guess the review element there. Uh, but it was a good reminder to me that reviews are a wonderful, barometer for some things and not for others and it's important for everybody to know their reviewer know their content creator whoever is talking about the game and what their preferences are um but i enjoyed the interview with sergey kolobashkin a lot learned a lot of stuff there's some cool little news bits in there Uh, but in watching people react to wanted dead's release it made the interview that much more interesting i thought some of the things he was saying versus some of the stuff that the narrative was once the reviews came out fascinating yeah, it's great to get those kind of like insights from the devs. It's it's honestly like it's kind of funny that Xbox is kind of moving towards this developer direct where they're having the studios talk about their games because you've been doing it for years at this point. <laughs> so it's it's really funny. But um, can I can I toss in one more words of kindness, please? Yes. OK, I wanted to I wanted to shut this out because you brought up a, a, a you brought up a listener and I, and I realized that over on YouTube, we actually got comments. Um, and one was from Dylan B who also grew up in Alaska. I didn't grow up in Alaska. I spent about seven years there, but, um, it was nice to, to kind of get that, that validation from them saying like, yeah, you know what? The winners there are miserable and it really does affect you. Like it messes with your, with your depression, it re- especially if you're prone to depression, like mm-hmm. it's, it's rough. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of hours where there's not something and to hear that they grew up there and, and grew up with the Harry Potter books and, mm-hmm. and that they've been wanting like a game like Hogwarts legacy for a long time. It really did just kind of make me feel like, you know what, I'm, I've had a lot of stuff happen in my life and it's nice mm-hmm. to know that there are other people who resonated with that 
mm-hmm. to the point where they're even willing to go to YouTube to comment about it. So thank you, Dylan, for, for that. I, I really, it was nice to read. It was nice for me to read as well. And I was, I wanted to do the thing where I sent it to you right away, but I wanted to wait yeah. a little bit too, um, but it was cool to see. <laughs> I what see you guys it. Had. I'm checking yeah. the, I'm checking the YouTube videos almost every day. I didn't want to rush you. I didn't want to rush you. Uh, <laughs> but, but it was cool to see that you guys had a very similar path and it was another wonderful reminder of what gaming can do for us. You know what I mean? That yeah. respite from the real world. Um, and you and I talked before several times on and off air. We wanted Le- Harry Potter legacy or uh, Hogwarts legacy amidst all the Harry Potter frustrations in the, the social spaces. We wanted it to be yeah. a beacon of light for Harry Potter fans, a place where they could go and truly feel it. And, um, uh, you know, easy transition. Now I've been playing Hogwarts. Yeah, I love this game. This is a great video game. This is a good game. Um, really Dude, I, good video game. I I know that you you're not a huge Harry Potter fan. You're not like in the wizarding world like I am, mm-hmm. and and I'm that's why I'm so curious to hear you kind of break down like what did you think of the castle? What did you think of the characters? The setting? Like how how was it? Kind of break down what you because I went on sure. long <laughs> last week it and was I feel great. like. I, I wanted to I wanted to get your your feedback on it so far. Sure. So I, I I'm really enjoying my time with with Hogwarts Legacy as a non Harry Potter fan. It is immediate from the onset, the quality that it mm. brings to the table. The visuals, I think, are just fantastically beautiful. My wife was sitting in the room watching as I loaded it up because she had a not an interest in playing it, but an interest in like what it was. She's like she had seen it in her social spaces, which are not gaming related. Yeah. And immediately evident is how beautiful this game is and the level of passion and love is just right there from the get-go and i really enjoyed creating my character uh finding out i took like the online quiz finding out what house i'm in gryffindor um it it was interesting to me to watch because i didn't know what i would be and i don't have a, a huge connection to the universe choosing my wand and figuring that stuff out was really fun uh but I have been super impressed with the depth and how immersive it is into the Harry Potter world. I now want, uh, in fact, today we are going to watch my first Harry Potter movie start to finish. We're going to watch the first one. Um, That's on my to-do list for today with my wife. Uh, Really excited to learn more about the world because I'm finding in my first 12 hours or so, I think I'm about 12 to 15 hours in, um, Mm -hmm. I think, I'm getting a little bit bored of the school parts of it yeah which is funny because the title is hogwarts legacy right like you're it's it's all about the school i don't really have a lot of interest in going to classes and talking and building relationships my interest is in the incredible combat and the really cool spells that you get a lot of that is opened up and you get better and better stuff the more you build those relationships so there's a give and take as a non-harry potter fan for me but the more i play the easier it gets to have those relationships with with Uh, the other characters in the game to learn the cast a bit more to find out what's going on and I think that is because it's got some solid writing I would say Um, I really enjoy the writing so far there is clearly attention to detail in all the little things that you can unlock the things to see stuff that is meant to be discovered and other things that you may never see unless you like walk down that hallway Um, I cast Revelio every two seconds it seems uh and and that's kind of you know i feel like there should just be an auto trigger at this point for me because i'm just kind of doing it out of habit 
Um, yeah. But I'm really enjoying a lot of this stuff. I've already got suspicions about some characters. Uh, I'm already wanting to know more about others. But I am anxious for more just combat. One of my favorite yeah. things about open world games, uh, especially open world games that nail either flying or combat or both, is I want to fight monsters. And I realize that sounds like Monster Hunter. Think more Anthem when you're fighting the big things and you're just flying around in your suit shooting it. I like that. That's what's fun to me, taking down big things that I shouldn't be able to beat. And so as I'm finally just venturing out into the world and finding dark wizards to fight, uh, animals to fight, doing, you know, hopping on my broom, zipping over here or there, I'm only just now getting to that, but that is my favorite part. Yeah. I'm really enjoying that stuff. Um, it does a good job of teaching you how to cast your spells. Um, some of it was not intuitive at first, but I'm getting more comfortable with it. Yeah. And... It's a little too slow on that front for a non-Potter fan, but it, easy to get through when you're a gamer and you know there is a, a you know just this golden goose on the other side. And so mm -hmm. as I'm emerging under the other side, I'm very, very happy with it. Um, and this is an easy recommend for me to anybody, whether you're a Potter fan or not. This is a fantastic video game. This will be among my favorite games this year. Easy, easy to see already. But kind of like I talked about on last week's episode, this is one that I'm going to take my time with. I could see myself putting down Hogwarts Legacy to try out Atomic Heart and not feeling bad, but then going back quite comfortably and enjoying it, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I I will let you know that the further you push through the story, mm -hmm. the more you'll start to get into that combat stuff. Okay. But the thing that I think Hogwarts does well is you are in school so mm -hmm. the classes that you have there are intended to slowly kind of introduce you to being more powerful mm -hmm. and they generally do like two side quests after you complete a main a main quest and right. then you'll go mess around with the side quests and then go back to the main quest and then it'll open up like two more side quests um and that's beyond just like the stuff you can find kind of out and about the more I explore and the more stuff I do, the the broader, like my inventory gets bigger, the more spells I get, the more things I can start crafting. Like I've just started to kind of work on learning how to upgrade my gear and mm -hmm. picking different traits for it. Because for, for the, the majority of the game so far, I haven't had to care about what my gear does as long as mm -hmm. it's got a bigger number i equip it doesn't matter what the what the quality is now i'm actually taking into consideration the quality and that's opened up a whole nother level of like okay well where do i want to focus my my talent points and stuff like that like have you unlocked talent points yet yes i have okay um, i'm putting a lot of stuff into core spells just making myself better yeah um, unlocking the second wave of so that I can quickly transition between spell types like combat and non-combat or whatever I choose to do to set it up. Um, yeah. That has been a, a fun part for me so far. Um, so I enjoy the talent system and it's unlocking pretty quickly now. I'll also give a comfortable yeah. shout out uh, to the appearance category because I do not like when my character looks ridiculous yeah. or not what I want to look like in, in order to get a gear score higher. And after a quick certain point, you can just hit change appearance and keep the gear on there. And I really appreciate that aspect of it. I wish there was a way that you could lock that. Like say you had like an appearance or like a cosmetic set that you'd like, and mm -hmm. you could just lock in those cosmetics as mm -hmm. permanent looks. 
mm-hmm. until you unlock them. And that way it doesn't matter like what gear you equip. You never have to go through and change the appearance again because I, I have a look and I've changed it a couple times, but I would love to have like a way just to be like, all right, you know what? I really want this outfit. I want to wear it all the time. I don't care what gear I swap in and out because that'll happen all the time. Mm-hmm. I would like to not have to go back in every single time I change a hat to change it back to what I what I want it to look like. Fully agree with you. Fully agree with you. That's something that I can see happening more and more often. Um, and it feels like that's one of those things that would probably come in a patch. It feels like it. a lot yeah. of this game feels like it's super high quality, but there were a few things that came in hot. Um, yeah. And so, and it's rare that you can nail both things where you can come in hot and still do high quality stuff. But it feels like yeah. that's something that, that you would have on a feature list to work in, mm-hmm. uh, in your first three, four months post launch. So I anticipate that happening at some point. Yeah. Um, have you done many of the Merlin trials? Uh, two of them. Two okay. of them, I think, you know, whether you have the p- three pillars and you got to solve little mini puzzles. Yeah. Yeah. Only Go, like two or three. Do them whenever you can, because that's how you get a larger inventory uh, for picking up gear. It's mm-hmm. it, it's funny. I it's exactly like how the Koroks were in Breath of the Wild and the little things you have to do to find the Koroks or, or to like complete the Korok trial to get mm-hmm. the seed is the same in Hogwarts. Like you got to get a ball into a little hole. You got to blow up little pillars. You got to move uh, moths to a thing. You know, it's like there's all these weird little things that you have to do. And when you unlock those, it, it gives you the the quote unquote Korok seed to be able to upgrade how much you can carry. So a lot of people I've seen on streams are struggling with inventory management. Like they've got mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff and they're finding themselves having to destroy it all. Mm-hmm. I would... I would recommend go do all the Merlin trials, you know, go buy a bunch of the, the, uh, Morrow, um, leaves or whatever they're called. And then okay. go and, and try and every, anytime and anytime you're flying around, you can do Revelio and it'll show you the, uh, the points of interest, which I, I have to stress again, the, the spells in this game that are the open world mechanics that we're so used to, mm-hmm. um, you know, you go up to the top of a tower and you do in, in Assassin's Creed and you, and you, you do the, the synchronize and it shows you all the points of interest and then you can see them on your map. Mm-hmm. That's just Revelio. That is an actual spell in the canon. That's not something they came up with. And it's like they learned how to take the actual spells from the from the world and apply them to an open world game that is so perfect. I just I can't get past that. It's like it's almost like they just they, they had all the tools there and they knew and they built an open world game knowing that that game, that that was going to be possible. But yeah, more than once I have thought to myself, dude, if this was Star Wars or I know or another Arkham game, <sighs> I would lose my mind in happiness. And so so I say yeah. that because I've had four Arkham games. I've had almost not well, not quite open world, but like Fallen Order was pretty pretty incredible. There've been some great Star Wars games. For Harry Potter fans, this is just a joy to see them getting this because ha- they've yeah. never had a top tier game like this um, before. No. At least not in my mind. Like there've been some solid ones, but like this is special. Yeah, this is this is the Harry Potter game that a lot of people have been wanting for. I I would love to see like Arcane Studios. Uh, or not Arcane Studios, Avalanche Studios. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to see them take on another Warner Brothers IP. 
that has similar like vibe as far as like okay new story with characters that we're familiar with see if they can go toe-to-toe with horizon forbidden west or mm-hmm. ghost of Tsushima. you know see like how far can they learn from this and then push this into another ip like can they find the writers that know it well enough to write a really good story because so far the story in this has been it's been good it's been mm-hmm. serviceable i won't say that it's the most amazing story but there's definitely been some really good twists but i would love to see what this studio does if they decide to either make another game in in the wizarding world or if they want to avoid the the backlash and go with something safer and pick a pick like a dc mm-hmm. world to go in like i think and, and 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 i know you're not too big a fan of of the broom flight but i think that that's on purpose i think that's why you have broom upgrades is that 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 flight combat gets a little bit smoother the the more you progress through that that quest mm-hmm. line but i would love to see like them do an iron man or not an iron man a superman or a batman or something like something dc mm-hmm. i agree fully agree i think uh <gasps> what about a green lantern the could they oh. do a green lantern game they yeah uh, i would be so happy I would be so, <laughs> but but uh, i don't want to go down that road because then i'll start on i'll start down my james gunn uh thoughts and processes but i will say it's concerning to me when i hear james gunn in charge of dc now saying that the actors are going to play the same roles in digital spaces because that's a very different type of acting and expensive and i can't imagine a triple a studio wanting to wait for uh one availability of the, Right, that availability. Yeah, I can only imagine the difficulty in that. So, but yeah. but I all remains to be seen. All remains to be seen. But you're right. The talent at Avalanche is undeniable, and seeing them take on another IP would be fantastic. What I hope though is that you get more Potter first. Like I hope you get DLCs and stuff. I would, uh, yeah, I would. I would love to. They they talk about it, some of the other houses or some of the other uh, um, schools of magic in mm-hmm. in the game, and they they do exist. Um, the, the, the diversity in the cast for this is amazing. Like seeing people from different areas that I, I never thought we'd ever see characters from. And I'm like, dude, they actually address the, the expanded universe from this, but, um, I would love to have them kind of build out new areas, give us a a higher tier of difficulty. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the, one of the nice things about this game is, is that the, the content scales with you. So like right now I'm 30 and I'm still fighting stuff that is higher level than me. Like some of the trolls that I come across, mm-hmm. which are really good fights, um, are are still much higher level, and they 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 do too. They do take a little bit of time to kind of kind of work through and stuff. But I mean, it's it's just a it's just a really well thought out game. They took a lot of lessons and learned a lot from I think Breath of the Wild and some other really good open world games. Good. I mean, that's that's what you want, right? Yeah, that's what you want. Um. Well, here we are, 26 minutes in. Let's get to our first news story. Oh <laughs> I know. I know. I didn't even realize it. I was like, whoa. I just pulled up the timer. I was like, oh, look at that. Um, I thought this was an interesting thing. Now, uh, I'm going to read a listener question first from Mr. Jared M. Gother. He says, just wanted to reinforce that Game Pass is great. Recently fell in love with Pillars of Eternity, a genre that I would never have tried if I had to purchase it directly. Now, the context for this, Logan, uh, it came out this past week that due to the the kind of the ongoing CMA stuff uh, with Activision Blizzard King uh, and the possible acquisitions, there was a report by Microsoft. Um, they submitted an internal analysis that showed a redacted percentage decline in base game sales 
uh, 12 months following their addition to Game Pass. Now, that's fascinating to me uh, because we don't know what that percentage decline is. That is game sales, not necessarily DLC or engagement dollars that are spent. Um, but, you know, years and years ago, it was noted that, you know, Game Pass increases sales of a game. We've had two developers on in the past two months during our interview segments where they have blatantly said they wanted to get into Game Pass and could not. Um, it was interesting to me to watch the discourse around this uh, because then you and I had a good conversation of, you know, does Game Pass lead you to purchasing or not purchasing games? Um, and we compared it to Netflix and such. I will say on a personal anecdotal level, I do buy less games than I previously did, but I also play more games and spend money in them. I think I spend just as much, if not more money in my ecosystem than I did prior to Game Pass, but I purchase less games. Um, with the asterisks here that sometimes we get codes for review, I'm counting if I would have purchased it or not. Um, yeah. So, so I understand that there's an element there, but I thought that was a fascinating thing. And we compared it to Netflix and other subscription services. I watch more content, movies, shows than I ever did before. I don't, I haven't changed my spending habits, but I watch more. Yeah. My engagement time with platforms is is higher, but I would have just stuck to cycling stuff that I already knew versus trying out new movies. But HBO Max and Netflix, et cetera, they lead me to watching and trying more shows. Game Pass leads me to trying more games. And I think that's a fascinating thing. Yeah. What's your take on this? There's an understanding with this, right? When you go into Game Pass, you're accepting a contracted deal that will give you the funds to compensate for the money that you potentially may or may not have made if you had just released your game uh, w without being on Game Pass, right? Like Death's Door is a perfect example of this. Like we were expecting Death's Door to come to Game Pass because it's a perfect title for it, right? Mm -hmm. It didn't. You had to buy it. I bought Death's Door. If Death's Door was on Game Pass the way Tunic was, I probably wouldn't have uh, bought it. Did I finish Death's Door? No. Did I finish Tunic? No. So... Mm -hmm. For me, it's it depends a lot on the game. If it's coming to Game Pass, I have more uh, I have more likelihood that I will cloud stream it and see if I like it. And if I do, then I'll full install it. And if I do uh, install it, then I'll probably play a fair amount of it. Um, but when it comes to Game Pass, uh, it 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 is the knowledge that like you know before before netflix and before disney plus and before hbo go or, or max or whatever the hell it is now uh i would buy all my movies and tv shows through apple because it was the one ecosystem that i could trust was going to stick around uh and i was already in with the phones now that i have so many streaming services which is still probably less than what i would have paid if i had to buy all the content that i've consumed or just even that my my wife is consumed, there's no way I could see myself wanting to go back to buy movies. If I buy a movie, it's probably going to be physical. It's probably mm. going to be like a 4K Blu-ray that I buy specifically just to be able to have like it physically for emergency reasons. Or so it's a movie I really, really love. And if I can't have internet, then I'm going to probably want to buy it physically. I do the same thing with my PlayStation and my Switch. Those consoles are my secondary consoles. So the content that I get for those, 90% of the time I buy physically. 
because eventually mm-hmm. I'm going to sell it or I'm going to like, you know, have it for, for whatever reasons. And I'll, I'll just have it and not necessarily have to worry about having it on a stream service. If you're going into game pass, you 100% know that there is a contracted deal that was worked out to compensate the developers. So when mm-hmm. I see that Microsoft also submitted this, uh, that its internal analysis shows a redacted percentage decline in base game sales 12 months following their addition to Game Pass, that's because it's a 12-month deal for most developers. There's mm-hmm. three, six, and 12-month deals that they make. The three-month is usually higher profile for games, third-party publishers who want to put it out on their other stuff as well, too, unless it's like MLB The Show. Um, but you see this with like Madden and stuff as well, too. 12 months is typically like indie deal. And that's mm-hmm. because Microsoft is saying like, look at what your projected sales are. Mm-hmm. If you think you're going to hit those or exceed those within the first 12 months, then you don't have to be in the game pass. Now you may not make as much if you go into game pass, but you're guaranteed a certain amount of money. And we're taking into account that that game is going to get spotlighted because you're going to be coming into a day one available marketing campaign. Like mm-hmm. you're going to be shown on there and be like, hey, check out this new game on Game Pass. These are the games coming to Game Pass. Like that kind of marketing is invaluable for indie devs. And to sign a one year contract with a bundle of cash and marketing from Microsoft, that's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. A lot of games on PlayStation and Nintendo would love to have that kind of, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but there's an issue with the Nintendo Switch store where they will put a game on and then they will discount the price 90% to get it to pop up so that it's so cheap so that people will buy it so that it gets pushed up the charts so that wow. it's in the top chart list when it launches so that you can, because no one's going to play, no one's going to bat an eye at a dollar game. They're going to be like, oh, it's a dollar. I'll just buy that. And so many people do that because it's so cheap that it pushes it up the best-selling charts. So then indies are starting to get noticed because Nintendo is not showcasing the way Xbox is for Game mm-hmm. Pass. They don't have a system like that. There's no way for them to do that. So the the indie devs are having to cheat the system effectively, You know, work mm-hmm. through the loopholes to get their game noticed on Switch. That's because there's so many games available on Switch. So when I see this, I'm like, yeah, this makes sense it takes like five seconds to think about why it's a business deal. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. I, w- I did not even factor in what's happening on other platforms and why that would be a thing, but you're right. The 12 month uh, aspect of it, I think is a big, big factor. And Oh man, that's a really good thing to think about. And it also showcases, cause I was not in conflict, but I was curious as to why we would see people come on our show, small Xbox show, be willing to talk about in an interview publicly no, we wanted to get in Game Pass. They said no. And then yeah. to see what cannibalizes sales, like why would they be willing to say we want in there and then we find out it's canceling sales out? It doesn't work like that. It's not a one-to-one. And so I think that's a really good way to articulate what's actually happening versus kind of the perception. If you just see the bullet point on an article and move on or you see a Twitter post uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I saw a lot of indie developers come out saying like, whatever this means like that's not that's not it for us we want to be in game pass you know yeah um and i often ask anybody that's on xcp either on air or off air depending on a preference or or how the conversation's going i will ask them like you know is this you're on xbox like is this a game pass thing for you is it something you wanted and i've never had someone say game pass was bad 
uh, except for Lauren Lanning. And that, that blew into this whole thing because he blasted PlayStation Plus on air. And then everybody ran with that <laughs> article. I was like, oh, all yeah. right. <laughs> that was funny. It's, um, it's, yeah. it's interesting to, to kind of look at this and think about like the reasons behind it. And it's mm-hmm. just this, this people pulling this out felt like it was a clickbait story because it's a bit of a light news week for, for Xbox, right? Like there's nothing mm-hmm. to really talk about. So I, I see this as just a business thing. This is just a normal thing that they're doing. And I, I mean, the, the, the thing that Xbox does that I don't see with other companies that I would love to see with other companies and actually mm-hmm. PlayStation's getting better about this. Their PlayStation plus programs actually come up quite a bit. Being able to have a game on game pass does not exclude it from being able to be purchased in the store. And in mm-hmm. fact, you get a discount on the game while it is in Game Pass. So Game Pass affords people, not only do they get a big old bag of cash, like when they when they decide to actually jump into Game Pass and they get the marketing for it and they get a contract for that time, they also get a discount on the game that also allows people to pick up the game if they do like it and they want to keep it later on. So it's not to say, so like after a year, I would imagine most game sales typically see a drop off mm-hmm. from being purchased like after mm-hmm. that first year there's i would honestly say that most game sales will probably drop out of the charts two weeks after launch unless it's like a really big game mm-hmm. so i'm not surprised by this yeah agree fully agree um uh, and good takes you gave you gave me stuff to think about just in the course of our conversation so thank you yeah. um I also wanted to note kind of related to that Activision Blizzard element, uh, Jose Martinez III wrote in, he said, consider the released four-page document from the CMA about ABK, the ABK merger. We at the Nerd Chat, shout out to them at the Nerd Chat on Twitter. Uh, we're chatting about this and I'm curious, what concessions, if any, do you think Microsoft uh, will provide for this deal to ultimately go through? Now, one thing about this deal, Logan, is that we are seeing any number of things, including our just the topic just a moment ago, including we're seeing like, oh, Game Pass cannibalizes sales, asterisks, not quite. Um, when I look at the way this deal is going, and I'm not overly interested in seeing it go through or not go through, but I do appreciate kind of the, the business aspects to it, um, even if I'm sick of it. I could see a world where they split pieces of Activision Blizzard off in order to do certain things with either the IP or the technology. And I'm curious if you think Activision or Blizzard is more valuable or what properties within them. Because as Xbox moves into a cloud and PC space and brings it kind of in conjunction with console, I would think Blizzard is more valuable, provided they put in some some stipulations that Call of Duty never goes exclusive or something like that. Because I would never want playstation or another first party if you know if anyone else enters into the fray i would never want yeah. call of duty to go exclusive to anyone um i th- i think blizzard would be really valuable i would think yeah no you're not wrong about that blizzard is definitely valuable it's got a long legacy behind it and aside from the fact that it has gotten rotten to a degree that they've had to really kind of tear out a lot of the uh, a lot of the people that were causing issues due to bad culture, um, which honestly, I think uh, stems from the top with um, Bobby Kotick, which, by the way, Bobby Kotick, um, I feel like and, and we just recently saw that the that he he may not actually exit if um, if the deal goes through 
which it, it really just doesn't sit right with me. I want him out of there. He's a he's a terrible human being. He's good at business, but he's a terrible human being. Um, I I think Activision Blizzard knows that Blizzard is is a great mainstay for gaming. I think Microsoft wants King in Call of Duty though, and mm-hmm. I think King with Candy Crush and the stuff that they do. Like we and, and this is kind of like uh, folks if you don't know you need to put on your tinfoil hats we're going to be jumping into conspiracy theory land here uh Call well, alex jones the, territory yeah we're going to go alex jones on this um i think microsoft is looking for more sway the way epic did with fortnite in removing fortnite from uh, or having fortnite removed because of the the concessions that fort or that epic was looking to get from apple and google to be able to open up their platform to allow side loading and um, external transactions without having to pay the Apple tax, which is 30%, by the way, they, they get 30% of all, all transactions that occur on Apple ecosystems, um, which is not, not uncommon in, in, in the industry. Microsoft even takes a cut. So no one's free of it, but I think Microsoft is looking for a way to get into Apple and Google's ecosystem through IP to have a trump card that they can use to try and move uh the needle when it comes to getting game pass and cloud streaming to uh be more native instead of having to go through a website to play mm-hmm. i think that they're trying to have um a kind of a, a, a like a, a poker chip or i can't think of the, the the whatever the word is but uh you're you're trying they're trying to find a way to to be able to push apple and push back at apple and say like hey if you want to keep candy crush if you want to keep that money coming in mm-hmm. you better start letting us do some other stuff as a as a kind of way to be like hey you know we we want to do some stuff with cloud streaming we want to do stuff with uh mobile king is a very good buy for them because they're going to get access to that it just has to come along with back activision blizzard as well i think call of duty is a is a amazing mainstay for gamers it is is one of the most popular franchises in those studios it would be really hard to break up at this point mm-hmm. so i think if anything they would have to divest uh blizzard which would be good for blizzard because it could get back to its roots uh it could get back to the core values that are stamped around in metal uh, the giant orc statue on their campus, which I have photos of being there. Um, small brag, uh, but it could get back to being Blizzard, being able to create games out of the passion of creating games and treating everyone with fairness and equality in, in a safe work environment. Um, that being said, Blizzard just did some really bad stuff recently that I'm not going to dive into now, but they really need to, They like Activision Blizzard really needs to let those people just be people and not have to worry about what, what their life is going to look like in the next 12 months. Um, I could see one of the concessions being that they have to let Blizzard go mm-hmm. to be able to, to be able to get this Activision Blizzard deal. And I think Microsoft values King and Activision more than they do blizzard because they're on consoles they're on phones they're in the they're in the the pc realm but not to the point where that's their main goal in my opinion do you think they do you think that's safe to say though well i like your point about i'm gonna back up a little bit i like your point about uh activision xbox blizzard the idea that xbox is trying to do a lot of these things to throw weight around yeah, uh, in the industry to gain a little bit of foothold. I think it's not all about games. It's about technology. 
Um, And so having a bit more sway is useful, particularly as we are seeing, learning, knowing, depending on where you're looking. Xbox is is second or third, sometimes fourth, depending on, on what you're looking at, which again, I'll say, if this is second, third, and fourth place, depending on you know the angle of approach, I'm quite happy uh, not being in first, I guess you would say, in, the, in this case. Um, but for them to be second, third, and fourth, they're clearly trying to get a bit more sway in respective injuries. Uh, and they did a good job kind of swinging that battle axe and getting some clout, getting some... some uh, again, I don't know what the word is, but they were able to swing around that battle axe a bit and move some weight. And like they didn't have the chip shortages to contend with that Sony did. You yeah. know, like they were able to, to have sway in that element uh, of technology producing. But having Blizzard or Activision uh, does give them give them power in the mobile or PC spaces. And, and they've got a bit more, uh, a few more bargaining chips at the table, which is cool. Um, as far yeah. as, you know, as a gamer, I want it to be Activision because I think mm-hmm. Activision holds more IP that I'm interested in. Uh, the third party, the third third person platformers, the mascot platformers. Uh, there's a lot of dormant franchise that could use a nice little revitalization. There's a lot of studios in there that I know and am familiar with because they're more console based, right? So that's why I have that position. Um, on a business side, World of Warcraft is still quite powerful. So there's that element uh, of it, but I don't know what Blizzard brings to the table in the IP space beyond StarCraft and Warcraft. But I know Diablo. that it does have stuff. What's that? Diablo. Diablo. Good Lord, Diablo. I didn't even think of that. Jeez. Yep. <laughs> yep. They're, they're, all, they're also working on a brand new IP. Also Overwatch 2. Um, mm-hmm. Even though the, the Overwatch 2 hasn't gotten nearly as much praise as Overwatch 1. Because I think of monetary reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Overwatch is still a very powerful uh, IP for them. Yeah. Probably one of their most. The bottom line, to take it back to Jared's question, I do see elements of this deal getting split in order to accommodate to make it happen. Um, I frankly do not care. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you're not checking where the where the Sony PlayStation plane is? You're not nope. watching the, the radars? Nope, nope, nope. I barely have time to play some of the games that I want to play. I'm certainly not <laughs> interested in who's flying where, talking to who. I don't care. I do not care. I do not care. Y'all need to stop hunting down planes. Yep. Our show would be more popular, I think, if I was just like the guy that was like, yeah, track that plane, hunt them down. Sony sucks. Um, That's (laughs) dumb. And I don't care. I don't care. I want to play and enjoy games with with, uh, the people that also want to play and enjoy games. Simple as that. I'll be, I want to dive deep into what happens now after we find out what actually is going to happen. Until then... It's 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 all just conversations in rooms we're not in. Yep. 100%. That's a great way to put it. A great way to put it. And so yes, I I concur. I absolutely concur. Oh my. Logan, we're rocking and rolling here, good sir. Atomic Heart. Atomic Heart. It's out what? 3 days from the time of this recording, 2 days yeah. out from the time that it, this episode goes live. Uh, I'm really excited to see how this game is received. I'm glad we broke down the controversy, faux controversy on last week's episode. If you didn't check that out, please do so. But some of the narrative around like 
is this a Russian game? Is it not? Does that matter? Should you care? We had a good conversation about that last week, and I would point you guys to that one if you're interested in finding out our thoughts and reasonings on things. But I'm excited to play Atomic Heart, if only to try it out and put it down. That's kind of the benefit of being on Game Pass, um, for sure. But the game looks great. Edward Varnell wrote in. Edward, always an amazing XTP supporter. Uh, Shout out to at the retro code. Yeah, he's so cool. I love him. Um, He loves the Switch, and I I love him for it. Uh, oh, big win for him, I guess. I love Metroid, but like Metroid Prime Remastered. Shout out to, uh, to our Switch fans. That's amazing. That's such a... There will be a time where I get that. I'm There'll waiting for I the physical. That. I'm, I'm going to pick that up physically. Yeah, I don't want to have it digitally. I want to have it physically. So I've been I've been waiting to get back to that. Because, dude, I, 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 I have so many stories, but I won't go into them. Anyway. Fair. No worries, man. I love Metroid. <laughs> I've played... I, I love Metroid. Um, yeah. But I just can't bring myself to pick up my switch right now I just i just can't i don't know why uh so edward says do you see atomic heart being an indie nominee for indie game of the year in fact can we expect a difficult list if xbox brings some top tier games for game of the year um i i didn't even think of it i don't even think of this as an indie game maybe it's the size or the scope that they're going for um i don't even know that i think of it as an indie game at all but uh I like the second part of his question more because Atomic Heart looks good. It could be in Game of the Year conversations, but can we expect a difficult list if Xbox brings some top-tier games for Game of the Year? Right now, Hi-Fi Rush is on that list for a lot of people. and uh, Critically, it's on a lot of lists by default. Uh, when you look at what else they've got in the first-party space, Age of Empires 2, really good reviews there. Um, admittedly, it's a bringing a, an old game to modern elements but then you have redfall and starfield on the docket you have forza motorsport 8 on the docket all of those could contend for the game of the year the quality of those games looks high uh looks very high and so i don't see a 2023 where you don't have an xbox first party game on a game of the year nominees list um hi-fi rush just slides itself in there for a lot of reasons um but redfall or starfield i think is going to be on people's list no matter what um not no matter what that's a stupid thing to say but what i mean to say is like it they just look by default to fall onto a lot of game of the year nominee lists and i don't see a world where xbox doesn't bring the heat in 2023 for game of the year nominees um acknowledging how poorly they've been they have to and i think they're already off to a good start yeah yeah, I I don't think Atomic Heart is going to hit for the indies because I don't think it's indie enough. It, it, they've kind of pushed themselves out of the this is what an indie game looks like and into the this is a double A game. Um, and because of that, I think I don't think that this game is going to turn into a game of the year conversation. I think this game is going to turn into this is a fantastic world that needs more expansion to it and Mm -hmm. more games. And I think that this is going to hit with a lot of people and a lot of people are going to want to make this their version of fallout or, um, uh, Oh gosh, what is it? Bio, bio, Bioshock. Thank you. I wanted to say biosphere. And I'm like, no, it's not the Polly shore movie. Um, Mm. I wanted to, I, I think that, that's a deep that, cut. Uh, a deep cut. <laughs> if, if you know, if you know, you know, um, but yeah, I think, I think Atomic Heart is going to do something really fascinating. 
with creating a world that is an alternate universe that a lot of people like to play in those worlds because it's not what we we currently have so it's something that they can have fun with and i think that's what atomic heart is going to bring to the table um to kind of show like this is what happens when this happens in the in in the history and in you know everything's off the table because you have no clue what's actually going to happen and i think that there's a, a fun place to play in that kind of a, a alternate universe that atomic heart will bring some really fun uh, uh kind of play styles to that will give players an opportunity to play something outside of just what whatever bethesda makes or or bioshock agree agree and isn't system shock happening too i feel like that's happening soon. system shocks there's a lot of games that are happening in russia in the in this year like there's mm-hmm. a like stalker 2 there's, there's like a lot of games are coming out from uh from from the 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 main russia area so mm-hmm. it'll be very interesting to see like if we start getting a little bit of fatigue because for a long time it was just like metro exodus and that was a mm-hmm. maybe like sure. soccer one i've heard there's another metro game in development uh i'm curious i, I don't know if that's, if that's confirmed i just saw someone posting about it and i'm a big metro fan i like metros one two and exodus um mm admittedly there's some eclectic storytelling there and some stuff that i don't agree with and a little long in the tooth was exodus uh, mm. but great video game great video game and so i'm curious to see if we get more metro and uh now yeah. every russian studio is going to have to contend with what their government is doing and that's geopolitics oh. at work um and that's a normal thing that i think a lot of studios probably have to deal with on some level but when it bring when you bring war into it that's a a difficult thing. How do you launch a game that's involving war? Yeah. When you're in Russia, that's a difficult little little thing. different when there's insurrection in your own country, but when when your country's invading another country, that's a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. And odd that we as Americans see it that way, knowing full well that America has hosted a number of armed forces in other places around the world. It's just it's a fascinating thing that I don't care to get into on air, but yeah. geopolitics do impact the gaming space and a number of other things uh, and they can bring up interesting talking points at various times I, I just think it's it's again interesting but i don't know that i'm interested in trying to comment on it beyond that does that make nah. sense yeah it's, we're here to play games you know right. like we we like to make sure there's context to where the games we're playing but at the end of the day there's there's other places and other other platforms to kind of dive deeper into that especially mm-hmm. given that I'm I'm just scraping the surface. You know, this is the tip of the sure. iceberg. There's a lot to cover on that kind of stuff. It's like reading a legal document. Like mm-hmm. I know what the document's about. I don't know what the I don't I don't understand all the document like verbal, you know, hoops that they jump through with Latin and whatnot. Sure. Agree. Agree. Uh well, Logan, you put a topic on here uh that we we do have a bit of time for not too much but i think we can talk a little bit about xbox and vr tell me what your thoughts were on this one why why'd this come up in your mind okay so real quick i just wanted to jump into this my psvr shipped um i'm feeling very lucky that sony hasn't blacklisted me the way they have the uh, ps trophy room so very happy about that um Mm -hmm. but i wanted to to ask you because there is um I saw a mod come out for Hogwarts Legacy where there's a, a company that's working on a, a way for you to play Hogwarts Legacy in VR. And with uh, PSVR coming out, and we know that Microsoft has canceled plans for HoloLens, I wanted to ask you, Luke, is there a world 
in the IP, like, is there an IP world that you would love to visit in VR the way like Horizon and eventually God of War will have um, if Microsoft did actually create a VR headset? 100% yes. Uh, <laughs> 100% yes. VR is not something I'm interested in at the moment, but the the moment that mm-hmm. I can turn on a, a VR headset and suddenly halo's hud comes on like i've just put on the helmet and it starts activating like master chief's hud i'm in the moment i'm uh i i put on the helmet and then i can the vr headset and then i can see the chest of my titan close in around me and drop out of orbit for titanfall i'm in right it's odd to me that i've not been inclined to say yeah uh i can pick up a lightsaber invader immortal i'm in um, yeah. Iron Man. Well, I for me PSVR one, it was the dumb controller setup they had. The, the PSVR one oh, is like stupid PS3 era balls yeah. on the. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, but as VR becomes cooler to look while you do, you know the, the controllers are more versatile. Um, <laughs> I'm there. I do need a little less setup, tethered versus untethered. There's a factor of that for me. Um, but yeah, the moment I can see Master Chief's HUD popping up and hear the energy shield charge or a Titan close in around me, uh, I'm there. I'm not interested in being Spider-Man swinging around. It's probably a little too much. But Titanfall, where I control my grapple if I want to do it or wall run, heck yes. Um, those are what would get me in. For Star Wars, I know you can fly and pilot an X-Wing, but it wasn't very extensive. The game wasn't fully ready or there. Uh, in the battlefront kind of mini spinoff there is an aspect of that that i would do trench runs in the death star battling tie fighters in an x-wing yes yes asterisks like like how good is it um but i don't want to be sick either and so i'm not spending six hundred dollars psvr is too expensive for me to not have my essentials which is which are those games i'm surprised you didn't have uh because I've always loved like the the Gears games are pretty good. I've I'm I'm always surprised to to think about like what would Gears be like if you could actually look up at a Bromac and, and see like the just the hugeness a of the yeah Bromac Bromac works better because I like Bromac because he yeah, just looks he just looks like he'd be like a cool Bromac. Hey Chad, what's up, man? Yeah. The- <laughs> like bro mac better um but yeah no I, I i would think like seeing those or or you know like looking ahead of you and okay so gears does like grenades really interesting like you know you get mm-hmm. the you get that swing like that would work perfect in vr if you're swinging that that grenade and you get the little the little um ui element pop up and it mm-hmm. works in VR, but, and then you get to actually like chuck the, I mean, you might chuck the actual controller, but you get to, to actually throw that or like, you know, having the action of a chainsaw gun coming down mm-hmm. through a grub, like that would be so good in VR. Like, th- oh, it's, it's, it's like, it'd be so cool. It would be so cool to play gears in VR, having the, the chainsaw, you know, cutting through a, a grub or, or, you know, um, having to, having to uh, figure out how you're dealing with uh just some of the different creatures i can't remember the little little skittering ones that blow up what are those called tickers 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 thank you um I, you know i would love to be with uh you know like my bros like pushing over pushing over a big old um uh shipping container of tickers 
onto onto a brumac or something like that or bromac if you want to go with my words um something like that but i, I that and like sea of thieves are you're like i would love to be able to be like on a ship or on an island like digging up like having the actual action of of or holding up my compass and walking like sea of thieves is a very very uh tan tangible t- tactile uh game to to be able to have like in vr it would work perfectly um, so stuff like that, but I'm really bummed. I think you would that. get exhausted in Sea of Thieves, <laughs> and you would vomit everywhere. <laughs> it would be it would be like Ring Fit if you could if you could stomach the the seasickness. Dude, it, get single so- handedly get a game community in shape would be Sea of Thieves in VR. Yeah. Everything I gotta sales, 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 sales. dig, dig, <laughs> shoot the cannon, and then like vomit every two seconds because you're on a ship. I didn't even drink anything. Why am I vomiting? I feel yep. so wet. Yeah. Oh it, no. Yeah, that's that's a peripheral. It detects if you're vomiting in real life and you vomit in game too. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I wanted to bring it up because it was one of those things where I I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Sony does with the first party studios. And I'm I'm bummed that Microsoft isn't doing that because they have the tech. They just haven't seen the the value in it the way that that they have like because they're and i think this is a a product of them being in second or third place they aren't on top so they don't they don't get to waste money on stupid peripherals for for ecosystems that may or may not work they have to claw and grab for every every person that they can uh every person that they can actually like get to play their games and join on game pass and stuff i I would love for it to happen, but I'm not rushing it. I want the tech to be there and I don't want it to be 600 bucks to dive in. So. But that's that's like still, that is still mid-range for VR. Like, sure. That is, I respect that, like... that argument all day. <laughs> I don't have $600 to do it. Fine. I don't but either. Game Pass but... <laughs> is a good delivery service and PlayStation's done a good right? job with PS Plus. So, no, yeah, they have. So there's... I acknowledge all that. I do think it was a, a shame that PS1, PSVR 1 didn't carry to PSVR 2, like back compat. Um, I'm sure there's a good, good reason why, but I yeah. do think that's a, a shame. I also don't think it's going to mess with their sales at all. No. At all. But it's also going to be super niche. Agree. Agree. Um, I want to get to some of these listener questions, Logan. Um, yeah. And then we can loop into what we've been playing as well. Uh, but this question comes from Kevin Ainsworth. He wrote in over on Patreon. Uh, side side note, shout out to Save Games Media. Uh, he says, what is a game that you will buy over and over despite already owning it? I asked because Tales of Symphonia Remastered came out. I own the original GameCube version. I have it on PC, yet here I am buying the collector's edition for Switch and the digital version for Xbox because I love it so much. Uh, this one's easy for me, uh, Logan. If it's Arkham, I'm buying it. Simple <laughs> as that. Simple as that. That's yeah. Repeatedly, uh, have I have I done that? And Sleeping Dogs. I love Sleeping Dogs. Games routinely on sale, and everyone should buy it all the time. I had, I've never played it. <laughs> it's Sleeping it, Dogs. There's 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 an era of gaming I missed out on. Um, I it's as funny as this is. Super Mario Brothers three and Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time are the two for me. Um, whatever platform is current for Nintendo, if I own it, I will I will buy those games. I will get access to those games because those two games were pivotal in my childhood development f- 
for understanding how to play video games. And I will always, I will always stand up for the wizard movie. I, I know it is just, it is really bad, but I, I've, I will most definitely have to say that Super Mario Brothers 3 is one of those ones that I just, I can't ever let go. I, I could play that any day. And, and it is kind of like my comfort food if I'm out and about. Yeah, I think that's true. If I was regularly on my Nintendo Switch, I would be buying that. But I think on Switch, isn't it locked behind Switch Online? Yes, um, and, but they did just come out with the Game Boy Advance, the Super Mario Advanced 4, which was the Super Mario Brothers 3, which is a fantastic version of that Super Mario Brothers 3. I had that. Yeah, it's it was... It, dude... Game Boy Advance and Game Boy Advance SP. Um, I bought I bought that for for those um, back in like the early 2000s. And I had my little Game Boy player for my GameCube and I would stick that in there and I would play Super Mario Brothers three on my GameCube. And I can't I, it's just it's I have a tattoo of Mario with the, the um, raccoon ears and, and tail on my back. That's how much I love that game. I will buy that game as much. So uh, Kevin. I 100% validate you buying Tales of Symphonia as many times as it comes out because I don't blame you. That's actually, it's, it's, it's a good one as well too. This next one comes in from the Lord Sir Master, James Suddy. So ridiculous. Yeah, I know. It's a little insane. He's like, yo, I'll, I'll support your show, but you will call me by my proper name. <sighs> Egos. Uh, he, right, thank you. It's a little immature, but you know. Thank you for your money. Um, <laughs> he says games like Atomic Heart and Stalker 2 Heart of Chernobyl are due out this year. Given the regions they come from and the issues behind them, I know there are controversies over why to play them and why not to play them. Current titles like High on Life and Hogwarts Legacy have also sparked controversies in the gaming community. How do you decide on saying no, I will not support this title or yes, I will. The only title I've not played myself is Call of Duty Vanguard due to the Activision controversy. Uh, I felt that it was important to abstain from that title during the treatment of their employees, but I returned to COD once Microsoft started the purchasing process. Um, admittedly, Suddy and my tastes align on this one pretty closely. We also game together, so that could be a factor um, as well. But case by case for me, every time, I know we talk about it case by case. Uh, where do I stand on the people benefiting from purchasing versus the people that are not benefiting from purchasing? Uh, is is it easy to take that stand and still be in my uh, happy place of gaming being a, a, a respite for me for the real world? Um, I stood out of Call of Duty last year for the same reasons that he did. Uh, I did not stand out of Call of of Hogwarts, and I will not stand out of Atomic Heart due to the amount of people making the game that are not involved in the decision making behind some of the the controversies surrounding them. So it's always case by case for me. Um, and it's never a blanket. You're evil. If you do, you're evil. If you don't for me, it's always case by case and personal morality. That's how I go with that one. Yeah. I, th the reasons why I won't play a game really does come down to personal connection. Um, if, it, if there's a controversy around a game that I feel like I need to be caught aware of, then what I will do is I will look for ways to support the people that are being treated Im improperly by this. So when the whole Activision Blizzard thing came out and there was all of that harassment that was getting uncovered and stuff like that, um, mm -hmm. I abstained from playing video games from Blizzard because I, I, I just felt dirty 
I felt really bad about the fact that I had been supporting them for so long and felt that they were such a good company and were treating their employees well. But I have friends at Activision Blizzard. Many of them have actually moved on to other studios at this point. But um, I felt like my friends had been mistreated. And it's like finding out that one of your friends has been in an abusive relationship that you didn't know about and you and you wish that you'd known because you would have stepped up and and done something about it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what happened to me with Activision. I felt like the friends that I had had been in a world where they had just been grinning and bearing it and mm-hmm. there was stuff going on behind the scenes that I didn't know about. I didn't see the bruises and I mm-hmm. wish I had. Um, so... When it comes to things like Hogwarts Legacy or if it comes to things like High on Life, High on Life, I think a little bit less just because I think that that's one where um, Justin Rowland had been removed from uh, Squanch Games and Squanch uh, Media, I think is what their their parent company is called, for mm-hmm. a while. Um, so it feels less Im- impactful. It's a it's a real annoying thing that, that some people are just horrible human beings. Um, but look for ways that if you know you're going to engage in that content, look for for places where you can try to support um the the people that are are at the heart of the victim aspect of those controversies so for hogwarts legacy if it is the trans community that is being harmed instead of boycotting the game and depriving yourself of something consider donating to the cause for the money that you would spend it doesn't have to be right away you don't have to sit there and do it like right away because not everyone can afford to do that but consider putting support in ways that you can to the to the places where you feel like that support is needed based on on what the things are games a game you're going to play the game people are people need to make games people want to make games people are going to get paid regardless of who the creator is or what's going on there's some really nasty stuff going on with aerosmith with um steven tyler i think steven tyler i think is his name mm-hmm. um yeah steven tyler i don't know why i'm second guessing that um i'm not going to stop listening to aerosmith but I will definitely take into consideration how often I buy or listen to Aerosmith knowing like what he's done in the past, stuff like that. So I can, I can remove, I can separate the art from the artist. Um, but I also want to be conscious of where can I help to make sure that that doesn't happen again. And that's where I, I think a lot of folks should consider with with their support when it comes to things like this good well said long-winded sorry i think that's a that's a topic that if you need to be clear you take the time to be clear Um, (laughs) it's a good question by study and it's a good question by study um sorry we're so stupid the lord sir master james suddy jeez uh, this next question comes from the amazing todd oxtra he writes in uh, over on twitter and says What's the next weird product Xbox will make this year? We've got the Xbox fridge, the Snuggie, uh, the controller hoodie. Previously, I think it's the Xbox air fryer, but I've been wrong before. Um, you had a good idea for this one that I'll, I'll let you share. Uh, but for me, I'm ready for the Xbox bazooka that <laughs> so many content, content creators uh, put Phil Spencer holding in their thumbnails when they want clicks. Um, Maybe we'll do that one for this one. But yeah, I want the Xbox bazooka. That's what I want. And like, it can be a super soaker. I don't care, but that's what I want. I want a Phil Spencer action uh, figure holding an Xbox bazooka. That's what I want. That's so funny. We've gotten some weird ones. Did you see the, uh, I just saw, um, I can't remember what her name is on Twitter, but 
Uh, she always gets the always gets the Xbox products, but it was the 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 cassette player that looks like a Series S with an Xbox mixtape. Did you see that? Mm-mm, that's that cool. Is, I'll have to dig that up. But there, yeah, I just recently saw on on Twitter that there was a an Xbox Series S uh, cassette player, and it was that that cracked me up. But yeah, I think I think it's time that we get a cheese grater or like a, like a, like there needs to be an Xbox series X Play-Doh machine where you can, you can have like the little silly Play-Doh come out of the little holes out of the top of the, the series X. And just like, it's, it's a fun thing for kids. Let's start getting some kid games on Xbox as well too. Like let's start kind of ramping up the E for everyone games. Cause mm-hmm. those, those are fantastic. Like it shouldn't just be super lucky's tale. And whatever games came out in the past, like let's get some more kid mascot games out on there, and uh, that way we can market it with a, a Play-Doh uh, cause or a Play-Doh toy, um, or just a cheese grater. I guess I know I know Stein loves his his shredded cheese in a bag, but I think we could get like him a block of cheese and a in an Xbox Series X cheese grater with the little grooves on top. You'd mm-hmm. probably dig that. Fair, fair. I dig it. That's a good idea, Todd. Great question, man. Thank you for writing in, yeah. good sir. Um, Logan, I do want to kind of before we wrap up, talk quickly about what we've been playing. I finished up Dead Space. I started New Game Plus because I love it. Um, and I want to do it on hard at some point. Uh, who? And then Hogwarts Legacy was mine. And you had listed on the chart Hogwarts Legacy for you. And then Clint Combs wrote in. Uh, shout out to him. He wrote in on Twitter and on Patreon uh, and said he's still playing Hogwarts, but also added that Wild Hearts is on the list. And it's refreshing to see a new Monster Hunter game in the genre. Um competition is always good to help things grow uh was wild hearts on your list are you gonna play that one no i i played uh so i i, I jumped on to the demo for like a dragon Ishin, um to test that out and uh mostly just playing like we're, we're getting close to, to destiny 2 lightfall so i've been trying to get all my stuff done for destiny 2 uh before the the season ends and um that's like wild hearts is is an interesting game i was watching xbox stream that the other day they they always like to showcase theirs and then major nelson was doing a giveaway for the friday uh free code friday giveaways Mm -hmm. uh for for wild hearts but i don't know something about the the monster hunter genre has just never never really grabbed me like dauntless was a good attempt i did like dauntless uh, but I didn't get a chance to jump into Monster Hunter Rise like I thought I would. And then Wild Hearts came out. And I'm just, I don't know. It's something about that. Maybe maybe I just need to play with friends. Maybe that's the thing that's holding me back from that. Cool. Yeah, it could be. It could be. And right now my crew isn't into monster hunting games. Uh, I don't know that I could have gotten them into Wild Hearts. Because yeah. um, we barely have time outside of Ghostbusters, Halo, Fortnite, Call of Duty. You know what I mean? We yeah. have kind of our main rotation of multiplayer games, but uh, I do want to play Wild Hearts, but that's going to be uh, when it gets to, to Game Pass Ultimate via EA Play or um, deep, deep, deep sale, like summertime maybe. But there's right now too much else. And like that Deliver Us uh, Mars, I didn't even bring it up uh, in our main portion of the show just because I, I started it and I wanted to play Hogwarts instead. I, it was just very generic versus Deliver Us the Moon, which I loved. There's a magic missing um, deliver us mars and so i'll get back to it but right now my time is elsewhere simple yeah. as that yeah definitely simple as that um all right man well i think that's gonna be our show i had an absolute blast with you on this one uh would you please let us know 
what you've got in the, in the, the hopper for yeah. keel hauled for your social spaces and uh, let people know uh, what's going on with you. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys are interested in Sea of Thieves, um, there was a lot of Halo cosmetics that just got launched. There's a, a Master Chief costume. There are so Covenant weapons that are now in there. In fact, uh, Sea of Thieves has a better energy sword than Destiny 2. So take that, Bungie. Um, there's, I bought that uh, stuff, by the way. It's yeah. so good. It's, it it's looks so good. So good. There's if you guys don't know, there's a, a free um, emote that you can go into the Emporium and get right now, too. But uh, there's a, a e- emote with the costume, the Master Chief costume, where you hold out a little music box and it has a little a little version of Cortana and it does the Halo theme in a very hurdy gurdy way. Uh, so fantastic job from the, the Sea of Thieves team. So I'll be talking about that for Keelhold. It's also the uh, fifth anniversary for Keelhold as well, too. So um, I'll be touching on kind of like, you know, a little bit about that, but there's a lot to cover in, in Keelhold this week. But um, yeah, keep an eye out for Sea of Thieves. If you guys like Sea of Thieves, uh, just look for Keelhold or, or Captain Logan. You'll, you'll find me on the internet and I've got links to all that good jazz uh, on there. Very cool, man. Very cool. Well, we just launched the Wanted Dead interview on release day for that game. That was really cool. Uh, If you guys haven't heard that one, go check it out. Again, some of the things they said, or or Sergey said, timed very poorly, I think, with some of the reception, uh, which was fascinating to hear. Uh, But I did enjoy the interview a lot. I like the game a lot, but I also totally understand where the reviews are at. So that was a fun one to kind of compare the, the narratives. Um, in the next two weeks, we've got Shadow Gambit, uh, another pirate game, and SteamWorld yeah. Build interviews coming out uh, over the next two weeks over on on the XCP's YouTube channel and on the audio feeds. Uh, we just launched the Patreon-exclusive Discord channel, which I'm hoping people will jump into already this morning. Uh, Logan, <laughs> Matt Without Fear, and Court Lalonde have been having a good old bit of humor there. It's currently a Mr. Bad Bit Free Zone which is kind of nice. Oh, man, someplace. Right, I know, finally, finally. Uh, so that's been nice, but I've just been really appreciative of everybody being so supportive there and for helping me learn along the way when to mention, when not to mention, keep the feedback coming. It's really helpful as I, I kind of learn that space as well. Um, but in short, uh, I couldn't be more grateful. And tomorrow we're playing Ghostbusters, which is dope. Yeah. So also That's people cool. head over to the youtube channel too because we're we're doing video now if it, if it hasn't been spoken about enough we're we're on the we're on the tubes of you mm-hmm. head over there like subscribe make a comment be first if you want to mm-hmm. uh tell us how much you you love or hate um the the video footage that luke is putting up mention something about the the camera oh, alignments God, as well too it's so frustrating why do you have to make bring sure. it up because I, I know it bugs you. So it's, it's going to make it, it's, it's good. For, it's good for people to see. Like they're just, they're going to look at it and be like, oh my God, this man can't line up two boxes. What is going I, on? How is they he going to survive any up. games? They will not line up. <laughs> I've tried so many. And like, I'm on a small laptop screen with my mouse and like, I'm getting carpal tunnel trying to edit things to line up. I was like, oh, I, I told my wife I was really disappointed that she needed shoulder surgery when she got it because it's like, I need this the, the new monitor. You know what I mean? Like, I need the new computer. And I was yeah. like, babe, it's kind of selfish when you think about it, that you wanted to be able to use your arm and I need a new computer. Um, yeah. But right. yeah, like editing and I cannot get the video to line up properly. It's infuriating. <laughs> um, but I'm getting way better at it. Editing time went from six hours down to four. It's down to like one and change now. Yeah. 
Um, and it's getting better and better each week, I, at least for me, like on the easiness side. Uh, now it's just a matter of like planning out render times, which has been interesting. Oh, oh man. We should also mention the Xbox wrap up is coming up in about 10 days. We'll have an episode that's of true. the Xbox wrap up. So that's going to be fun. We're going to be talking about stuff, stuff. So stuff. That's all we got. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, no, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Cause I want to talk about some, some things that we, obviously we have to rank the halos. I definitely want to talk about, uh, like movies, uh, a couple yep. questions about movies and stuff. Cause I've been watching a couple that I, I wanted to hear your thoughts on as well too, knowing how big of a DC fan you are and stuff. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's other stuff that, that I wanted to, to dive into that we don't get to talk about here. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. All right, guys, that's going to be it from us. Thank you, everybody, and take care.